0: welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. We have a very special guest with us today to talk about what is happening in the war in Israel with Hamas, and we have a up-to-date moment here with our friend Stuart Roth and Stuart serves as senior counsel to the American Center for Law and Justice and the European Center for Law and Justice. Stuart attended law school with ACLJ's Chief Counsel Jay Sekulow and they have practiced law together since 1980. Stuart is a nationally known and recognized constitutional lawyer and has given his legal analysis and commentary on hundreds of national television and radio broadcast. Stewart has participated in 12 cases that have been argued before the United States Supreme Court, including the landmark decisions in Mergens and Lamb's Chapel that altered the landscape of religious liberties and litigation. Stewart has also been involved in cases before the European Court of Human Rights and the International Criminal Court, Part of Stuart's work at the ACLJ is defending Jewish students from anti-Semitic attacks on college campuses. And so what I love about Stuart is, number one, he's my best friend. And the other thing is, he sees things from 40,000 feet. And so he's a great guy. I talk to him all the time. Just give me an understanding of what, what is happening in this conflict. So welcome to Israel and you, Stuart.
1: It's great to be with you again, Aaron
0: yeah and um, so just give us your forty thousand foot uh you know look down upon this this conflict what what's an update what do you th- perceive is happening at this moment we're We're uh right around uh thanksgiving so we're uh you know a month and a half into this war so w- what's your what's your context
1: well I, I think the war has a has a, has a ways to go quite frankly uh Israel is not going to Uh, pull out of Gaza until they, quote unquote, finish the job. And what is finish the job? It's to ensure that Hamas does not govern Gaza. That could never happen again. It can't happen again. It's not only the Israeli people that won't tolerate it, but actually the Arab neighbors. Uh, Hamas is a disruptive force in the Middle East it's a disruptive force to the Egyptians, to the Jordanians, to the Saudis. It doesn't do their governments any good to have this kind of turmoil in the region on their streets. So, you know, those countries, those other Arab countries that have established some sort of detente and relationship and trading partner, uh, you know, connections with Israel, they can't say a lot in public because their populations are still very pro-Palestinian, or uh, another way to say it, anti-Israel. Um, but behind the scenes, they want Hamas destroyed and gone forever. Mm. And so uh, it's a complicated situation. Hamas has uh, been building tunnels, as everybody knows. And these tunnels are more like underground cities. If, if anybody has any... Uh, you know knowledge about some major cities in the United States the subway and train systems underground in New York and Chicago they're like they're like actual cities that have been built underground and that's what Hamas has been building they've stolen humanitarian aid that has been given to them from the UN the Europeans for decades and decades and they've diverted it from building hospitals and schools and other uh, places of social services to uplift the people to building military uh, offensive weapons and tunnels and other types of avenues to destroy and attack Israel. So th- that tunnel system that everybody hears about uh, when they watch the news, that has got to be dismantled. And and that's fairly complicated because it's been booby-trapped uh, And so the Israelis are using drones, they're using robots, but whatever mechanism they use to go in through Gaza and go in through the major cities and the major ports where these weapons are hiding and these weapons are ready for offensive use against Israel, it's going to take time. So there's, there's no timetable and Israel is going at a pace where they're Uh, using human intelligence that they've gathered from some of the Hamas soldiers that have been captured. So it may take six months. So we're into this war two months. They're making great progress. They're getting a lot of support. Um, There's a lot of pictures and bad news out there, of course, because of civilian casualties, which which are caused and intentionally caused by Hamas to gain public support. But that tactic is worn thin. So even the Arab countries know what Hamas is doing. They're sacrificing women, children, older people in order to gain the sympathies of the world. But they've done it so many times, Aaron, that everybody knows that this is the tactic. So it's a battle of civilizations. Israel, I think, is doing a great methodical job, but it's going to take some time.
0: You know, um today is is uh, november twenty uh, second tomorrow is the twenty third Thanksgiving and uh, the latest news in the last twenty four hours uh, says there 's going to be a ceasefire that begins tomorrow on thursday thanksgiving day in here in the states and there 's supposed to be fifty hostages, mainly i think women and children released so what what 's your take on that and, and what 's your What's your view? I mean, will the other hostages be held uh, for long periods of time? What do you think, Stuart?
1: Well, the the hostages are used. Uh, that That's the only carrot Hamas has is, is the hostages and to keep them alive. Um, the ceasefire is going to be for, I think, like a four or five, five day period. Mm-hmm. it. it it really doesn't mean much in terms of the overall of the overall strategy of the israelis to do what they need to do um and so i don't think it has a lot of of weight it's great for the israelis to welcome back their their children their their mothers their fathers their grandparents i think it will give a great lift um but but these are hostages and for every israeli hostage Israel has to return three murderers. So, if Hmm. it's 50 Israeli hostages, you know, families that that were taken, that were taken from their homes and from concerts and from just living in their community peacefully, they have to give for every one three Hamas soldiers that have been imprisoned because they tried to murder Israelis and Jews. So, Hmm. it's a trade for murderers. For peaceful people so the ridiculous of this uh is 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 so heightened that it took really the israeli cabinet a couple days to digest this quote-unquote trade but they determined that it was in the best interest of israel it's the best interest of the family to get these 50 individuals released um but it doesn't change the approach you know hamas is is trapped in gaza So they're not going anywhere. So from a military strategic position, a four or five day quote unquote ceasefire, that gives the Israeli military a chance to rest, to regroup, to acquire more human intelligence as they go forward into Gaza to dismantle the Hamas uh, military infrastructure. And so in the long run, they still have 190 uh, hostages. They have a lot of hostages. So until they're all returned and Hamas is totally dismantled, this war is not going to end. So it's a positive thing. It's fabulous for those families. But the job still needs to be done and finished.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I read yesterday, Stuart, that the Hamas— uh, said, we don't know where all the hostages are because they're spread out. Islamic Jihad, which is another terrorist organization in Gaza, they're holding some. So do you think that's propaganda? I mean, how, how would they not know? Uh, is there that much breakdown in communication between Hamas and uh, the Islamic Jihad group, or, or do you think that's just
1: propaganda? Well, it, it could be propaganda, Aaron. We don't know. I mean, the relationship between terrorist factions uh, are sometimes uh, uh, have deteriorated to the point where they have no relationship because they all have a different modus operandi of, of mm-hmm. hate. So they have a common enemy. It's, it's Israel and the Jewish people. Uh, we have seen in the past, just, just as Americans fighting in that region of the world, whether it's Taliban or ISIS or Hezbollah or Hamas, we think because they're all terrorist groups, and they all hate the common enemy, the Western world, that they're all in cahoots with each other. But that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes they cooperate, sometimes they don't. But this is a small region, the Gaza Strip. So for Hamas to say that they don't know where the other terrorists uh, are hiding the the hostages, I think in this particular situation, that's hard to believe. If, mm-hmm. if it was a bigger country like Iraq or Afghanistan, Very possible, but they're they're all sort of buttoned up uh, in in the Gaza Strip, so it's it's highly unlikely, Aaron, that uh, that Hamas doesn't know where these hostages are. I mean, in in my opinion, it's it's too small an area. Uh, The the chain of communication, I think, is too fluid, especially under these circumstances. And I think they're just using this as a pretext uh, so they can divvy up the responsibilities and make it more complicated. the israelis the americans and everybody else trying to get the hostages out
0: you know i want to ask you a question about world opinion and what's breathtaking is for example the bbc you know has gone so uh left-leaning when it comes to reporting reporting the facts on the ground almost as if they're sympathizing with hamas and that's breathtaking breathtaking to me that that Hamas is a terrorist organization. They they didn't just go into southern Israel and and shoot civilians, murder them with with weapons. They got up close and personal, and uh, you know, with with knives, looked into their eyes and murdered them. So I mean, this is just horrific. So in world opinion right now, what's what's so disturbing to me and so many other Stuart, is you know why would our University uh, professors and and some in the media support uh, bestial people like this. What, what's your opinion?
1: Well, I I think there's a there's a strong anti-Israel sentiment. There always has been. There's there's obviously been uh, an anti-Semitic sen- sentiment, you know, through, throughout the world for for decades and decades and decades. So what we see in Israel is uh, a, a product of a lot of pictures coming out of Uh, Gaza, or West Bank, when, when there is conflicts there. And the media always seems to show casualties on the side of the Palestinian Arabs. And so a lot of these countries have huge, huge Arab populations, by the way, huge Muslim populations, like the UK, where BBC is located. France has got a Muslim population of over 10%. And so they gain a stronghold in those countries and they start affecting the media and they start affecting the way the country thinks. So when they start reporting on wars and they start reporting on casualties um, and they have video and they have pictures from hospitals with children and incubators and, and old people and and the destruction of Gaza by the Israeli planes. And it seems like this very very powerful military uh just destroying this country and killing civilians well then the the, the sympathies which at the beginning were were with israel uh, those have long evaporated but you know as as people that have a heart for israel and the jewish people we have seen that time and time again israel gets attacked And at the inception, there's a lot of support for Israel. But then as Israel retaliates and defends itself, and they do so in a fairly significant way, then everything very quickly changes. And the sympathies uh, and the media sources, not just the BBC, but we see it here, whether it was CNN or MSNBC or NBC or ABC. What do you see in the nightly news? all of the pictures from Gaza, all of the pictures from the hospitals, all of the pictures of the destruction that's caused by the Israeli bombing and planes. And then it, 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 it gets old to sort of defend Israel in the eyes of the media and the population. They can't seem to do it because they forgot about what happened on October 7. So the pictures they're looking at start garnering sympathy for the Palestinian Arabs. And it happens every single time. But I can tell you, And we have strong relationships over in Israel. We have an office over in Israel. World opinion is not going to affect what the Israelis have to do to defend itself. This is an existential moment in the history of Israel. Nothing like this has ever happened to its civilian population. They will do what they have to do, despite world opinion, to ensure that Israel remains a viable nation and a viable democracy.
0: That's so true. And I read a quote this morning uh, by Menachem Begin, and I I had forgotten about this back uh, in 1982, this event. And Monachim Begum said, I'm not a Jew with trembling knees. I'm a proud Jew with 3,700 years of civilized history. Nobody came to our aid when we were dying in the gas chambers and ovens. Nobody came to our aid when we were striving to create our country. We paid for it. We fought for it. We died for it. We will stand by our principles. We will defend them. And when necessary, we will die for them again, with or without your aid. And he was speaking to... Joe Biden in 1982, and Joe Biden was a U.S. senator who was threatening to cut off aid to Israel. And I was thinking when I read that, you know what? Maybe Menachem Begum planted a seed in, in Joe uh, Biden's heart, President Biden's heart, because it seems to me, Stuart, he's, he's standing so strong right now in, in support of Israel and, and uh, aiding Israel with military aid. Do you do you think that's going to continue from the United States of America at this point?
1: Well, I, I think it. I think it is going to continue. But again, politics are politics. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a presidential election year, and and politicians are always swayed by public opinion and polls and the rumblings within their party. So I think to any any party that's governing and that has to be involved in a war like this when the when the pictures and the damage is shown every single day as, as we just discussed with the BBC or the media in the United States mm. the Americans want this to end quickly so so all those pictures stop they want it to end quickly they want the rebuilding to stop to start you know they they want that kind of ending and a new beginning Uh, for the for that region of the world. So that is not a political hotbed issue. So Mm -hmm. right now, I think the Israelis and and I know this are appreciative that everything that's being done in Washington, and they hope it stays its course. But you can see for what's happening in Ukraine, uh, there was a great deal of support at the beginning of the war. But now Mm -hmm. we're into it for two years. And the American support is waffling. So will the American support waffle in Israel? Well, that depends. It could if it keeps going on and on and on and public support for this president starts deteriorating to a point where he's going to lose the election because of this. Well, again, politics are politics. So we hope and pray that he stays the course.
0: Yeah, I pray so, too. And at this point, I'm 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 proud, you know. It's I don't agree with the president on everything. I don't agree with any president on, on everything. But in this case, you know, President Biden uh, seems to be uh, maybe fulfilling the words of Menachem Begum and, and uh, uh, realizing that, that the Jewish people they're going to defend themselves no matter what, and and you know, giving them support and aid. And I, I so appreciate that. So, uh, I've got a question just for you personally, as sure. a Jew, as a Jew. You were raised, you know, a conservative Jew, and uh, what is happening in your own heart right now, Stuart, as a Jewish person sees all this, and there's such a tie within your soul uh, to Israel, the Jewish people globally, so, you know, in your own soul, how are you doing?
1: Well, I I could tell you, and we've spoke about this before, Mm -hmm. I think... um, you know, I'm I'm at the age where I've been through a lot of these significant wars. So, in 1967, uh, I was I was 12 years old, and so that was a major major war. Uh, Israel at that point was not a military power; they got attacked by all their Arab neighbors who wanted to push them into the sea. The country was only a couple of decades old. American opinion and the support of Washington, D.C. was not significant in 1967. You know, this country has become pro-Israel only recently. Uh, It hasn't been that way. It wasn't that way in the 1967 war. It wasn't that way in the 1973 war. The support of Israel in this country was tepid at best. And their military capabilities were marginal at best. And those wars were really existential wars in that that country could have disappeared from the face of the earth being attacked by all of its Arab neighbors together from all sides geographically, by the way. So in this point in time, what happened was horrific. But Israel now is an unbelievably sophisticated country. Their military is the strongest in the Middle East. Uh, Their their economy is one of the strongest in the Middle East, one of the strongest in the world. They're not going to disappear from the face of the earth. So from somebody that really went to bed at night in the 1960s and 1970s and didn't know when I woke up whether there would be an Israel, and that's Mm -hmm. not exaggerating because Jews in America – didn't know where it was going to be in Israel because we didn't have presidents then in the United States that were 100 percent behind Israel. We didn't have a Senate or a Congress that was 100 percent behind Israel. They loved the Arab gas, the Arab oil. They didn't know they played even hand. They if they gave military arms to Israel, they would give military arms to Egypt or Jordan. They didn't want to play favorites in the 1960s and 1970s because the Arab oil was more valuable to the American presidents and the American government in those decades than a friendship to a fledgling country named Israel. So having been through that, this is not existential in in that regard to me. Um, But what happened on October seventh was horrific. And to me, uh, it was barbaric, it was displayed a lack of civilization. And the depressing part about that is, it clearly shows that uh, this quote, unquote, two state solution, and people usually keep throwing out that phrase, is a mirage. It can never happen. You can't have a neighbor like that that has a government and a military, and has a status as a state that's dedicated to destroying you. So, um, I feel very bad that Israel is located in a really, really bad area of the world, and and that can't change because Israel is Israel. But its neighbors—that's really—it's a terrible thing for people. Uh, that have been called to Israel, that are Israelis, that are Jews, that have come from all over the world to gather in the Holy Land, that they have to live in this kind of environment when all the Israelis and the Jewish people want are is peace, and right. they don't have peaceful neighbors.
0: You know, that's so true. And speaking of peace, uh, shalom. I was on a, um, a Zoom call on Monday with uh, a group of uh, uh, people that were talking about anti-semitism dealing with anti-semitism on on college campuses and and one of the guys in the call he's, he's a Jewish uh, guy from uh, New York City and he said to me Aaron what is your take um, he said it's it's just so unnerving it's just like the bowels of hell have opened up with with hatred towards the jew and it, it just seems like everywhere you look there's anti-semitism it's just Things are falling apart, and as far as hatred is just exploding, and he said, "Why do you think that is?" And and it just came to me, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but of course the scripture uh, in Psalm one twenty two seven, may those may those who love you be secure. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels, for the sake of my brothers and friends. I will say. Peace be upon Israel, for the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your prosperity. And I was thinking about it, Stuart, and peace is the Hebrew word shalom, which means something much deeper than the word peace. It, It means completion, placed in order, restoration, and when I thought about that, I was thinking about uh, Deuteronomy 32, eight, which says when the most high gave the nations, their inheritance, when he separated the sons of man, he set the boundaries of the peoples, according to the numbers of the sons of Israel. So in a spiritual unique way from that scripture, it seems that all the nations are supernaturally, whether they like it or not are connected to Israel. And so when Israel is out of order, then the nations are out of order and then you go to Ezekiel 5:5 5, 5, I have set Israel in the center of the nations and so if, if, if Israel' is out of place if Israel is not at peace if Israel is is not complete and restored and out of order then all the nations are suffering and 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 from your 40,000 foot view, uh, as you look at the nations right now, is, do you think there's any correlation between that? It's like, you know, when Israel is upset, it's like the whole world right now is focused on, on Jerusalem. What's your thoughts on well, that?
1: Well, I, 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 I totally agree. You know, even if Israel was not at war in Gaza, you know, let's, let's go back two months. Sure. The truth of the matter is you can pick up the newspaper any day, Wherever it is, whether it's the New York Times, the Washington Post, some Wall Street Journal, uh, you know, some some local newspaper, there's usually an article pertaining to Israel, either on the front page or the second page.
0: Right. Even right. when
1: there's not this kind of conflict, yes, Israel is always in the news. It, you you turn on the TV, Fox, CNN, it doesn't make a difference. MSNBC. BBC, regardless of the political persuasion or viewpoint, a story about Israel is always there, even when you're not having a war. It, right. it, listen, it is what it is. It is a focal point. It is, it is an important place for those people that have been there. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's an experience like no other. Um, so the connection that the world has to Israel, regardless of people's faith and religion, is remarkable. So when something's going on in Israel, it's newsworthy, and it grabs the attention of the entire world.
0: Yeah, when, when I was thinking about that this morning earlier, Ezekiel five f set Israel in the center of the nations. I was, I was thinking of a ceiling fan, Stuart. You know, right. and, and and if the weights are off on a ceiling fan, the whole fan just wobbles, right, out of control. And I think, you know, to answer my friend's question there in, in New York, I think that's what's happening. I think Israel is, because of the upset of this war, uh, the weights are off. It's, it's not in order. And uh, the fans of the nations, all, all the blades are just wobbling out of control. So... Thank you so much, Stuart, for being with me today. It's, it's a holiday. It's Thanksgiving Eve, and uh, you're on the forefront as always. And you know, thank you so much, and I, I pray that, that you and your family just have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
1: Well, I appreciate it. As we always say, say pray for the peace in Jerusalem. Uh, I think it's so important during this, this period of year. It's a, it's a holy time of year for Jews and Christians, uh, Hanukkah. Uh, Christmas, you know, Hanukkah is the story of the Maccabees, the warriors that despite all odds persevered, you know, the the Jewish people go back thousands and thousands of years uh, and having to deal with this with this conflict because uh, of the the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has attracted, you know, the hate from various parts of of the world upon them. And so the the battle like they're facing in, in Gaza uh, is, is much like the battles they faced, you know, in the past, but but they will persevere, the Jewish people do persevere. But really, uh, the prayers and support of, of your listeners for what's going on there, and really understanding what's going on there and educating themselves and learning about uh, Israel in this conflict in the history, I think, is so important because there's so much misinformation going on out there by liberal media sources trying to tilt the world's opinion uh, in, in favor of anti-Israel and anti-Jewish uh, forces. Uh, it's so important for everybody to sort of get up to speed uh, when they encounter, you know, people that that are that are talking nonsense and so i just encourage everybody to learn as much as you can
0: yeah and I, and I encourage as you just said everyone we all should just pray for the peace of jerusalem because if jerusalem is at peace then the nations are at peace and in order and, and stabilized so once again Stuart, thank you so much and uh have a great thanksgiving
1: all right you too and great to be with you.
0: All right, we'll see you next time on Israel and You. God bless everybody and on this Thanksgiving holiday, and we'll see you next time.